Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. So let us receive Pastor Keith as he continues in the sermon series, Will You Be My Neighbor? We say glory to the Lamb. Glory to the Lamb. The Bible says, let no flesh glory in his presence. So I believe that that song was so fitting this morning. Because God will remove those that try to take the glory from him. So we want to make sure that no flesh glories in his presence on this morning. So I want to go quickly to my text. I want you to go to Luke chapter 10. I want you to go to verse 25. No need to add fillers. We just need to go quickly into the word of the Lord. Luke chapter 10 verse 25. I'm going to be reading to verse 30. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible, and the Bible declares, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly, do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? And notice what Jesus says in verse number 30. Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Verse 30 says, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, departed, and leaving him half dead. I want you to take your seats as I minister from this subject. Racism and racial injustice, and here's really what my title is, a historical issue. It's a historical issue. One's history of pain provides great wisdom as how to heal their current pain. If I have no clue of their history of pain, it's going to make it very difficult for me to heal their current pain. This is why even in the natural, when we approach physicians or we go to the doctor's office, those who are most equipped will always educate themselves on your medical history. Y'all know how y'all fill out that little form of medical history because the most effective care is dependent upon how well your health can be chronicled. Stay with me. And herein lies the reason why the body of Christ has failed to heal the pain of racism and racial injustice in the body of Christ is because we failed to adequately analyze the history of their pain from racism and racial injustice. You've got to stay with me. And hear this, your ability to care for people of color as a result of their race of racism and racial injustice is dependent upon your ability to adequately chronicle their, pro- their plight with racism and racial injustice. I've got to know their history. As believers, it's critical for us to know that the story for people of color was impacted by suffering. It's critical for us to know that their story was inscribed with suffering. And it's critical for us to know that their story has been identified by suffering. In 
other words, hurt is our history, and our history hurts. Some of us don't like that. We may not like that, but hurt has been our history, and our history hurts. By way of quick recap, for those who weren't there here with me on last week, I shared last week that racism and racial injustice is a hurt issue. That hurt for people of color has been evident. I said that last week. I also said that it's not equal. We cannot compare it to the hurt of another. And then I said our hurt has been elongated. It's been over an extended period of time. And even more, we must understand the depth of our hurt was determined by the details of our history. I, I want to say that again, and I want to slow down. The depth of our hurt was determined by the details of our history. That means the evidence of our hurt, the inequality of our hurt, and the elongation of our hurt was determined by the egregious nature of the history of our hurt. Y'all got to stay with me. As we examine the parable of the Good Samaritan, to detail the hurt of racism and racial injustice, I believe we can do likewise this morning in terms of the history of the, of the hurt of people of color. And, and I want us to examine the text. It, it, we got to make sure um, that we understand this. Here's my first point. Our history was strategic. Our history was strategic. What am I trying to say? Racism and racial injustice was not simply a careless act. It wasn't simply careless. It wasn't something that just happened by coincidence, but I want you to know it was calculated. I, 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 please share this this morning. I, I pray that this is not just a black message. This is a, a message for the body of Christ. Notice this. In our text, it's vital to know that the path from Jerusalem to Jericho was well-traveled. I want you to understand that it was used by trading caravans. It was used by military personnel, and it was used by pilgrims who visited Jerusalem on multiple occasions throughout the year. And even more, due to the terrain, people who traveled this road were easy targets for thieves. So, so, so this road was well-traveled, and due to the terrain, Thieves said, I, I could make easy targets out of the people who traveled this road. Why? Why? Be because there were many escape routes into the desert, and there were many hiding places along this route. So, so that means the way in which these thieves hurt this man in our text was planned and purposeful. In other words, it was strategic. It was, y'all need to put that in the text, it was strategic. And though some of us may not want to hear this, but as it was in our text, so it was for the history of people in color, uh, as it pertains to racism and racial injustice, it was strategic. Uh, the underfunding of our educational institutions was strategic. The, our denial to employment opportunities was strategic. And even our enslavement was strategic. I know we don't like that about our history, but it was strategic. The history of racism and racial injustice for people of color, especially in this country, was planned and purposeful. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy um, theorist, but I want you to know it was strategic. This is why Psalm 37, 12 declares, wicked, the wicked plots against the just. That means the oppression of people of color was not the will of God, but as a result of the plots of the wicked, of wicked people. Ah, the, the word plots in, our, in this text is the Hebrew word, which means purpose. So despite how some may feel about this, there are people in power that instituted policies that were purposed to deny our access. 
There, there are people in power that instituted policing practices that were purposed to attack us. There, there are people that are in power that instituted programs that were purposed to adversely impact us. It was strategic. And hear this. So the oppression of a specific group of people is purposed to keep another specific group of people in power. I want y'all to hear what I just said, this, this, this thing about oppression. You wonder why, why certain groups of people are oppressed. Because it, people, certain groups of people are oppressed to keep another group of people in power. So racism and racial injustice keeps a, a specific group of people in power. Therefore, our plight and fight against racism and racial injustice was not as a result of a few people, but it was as on purpose because our history was strategic. I know we don't like that this morning, but I need you to understand this concerning our history for people of color. It was strategic. We didn't get the opportunity or the liberty to write our own history because it was strategic. It was strategic. It was strategic. I'm going to be out y'all way because y'all, I don't know if y'all feeling me this morning. I also want you to know our history was stolen. Our distorted history is as a result of our deprived history. The reason why we don't have a clear understanding, you can have young folk that don't understand their, their history as a people of color because our history was deprived. We must not negate the fact that the history of people of color involves that they were stolen. Our text identifies those that hurt this man in the text as thieves. This is the Greek word lestis. And one meaning of this word is stealing out in the open. It says, and it also says typically with violence. Another definition of this Greek word is exploiting the vulnerable without hesitating to use violence. And herein lies one of the problems that we still have with systemic racism and racial injustices is because many of us look at those that colonize this country as travelers rather than thieves. We, we, the reason our history has been distorted because we look at it, and this is why people are tearing down monuments now, because we don't look at them as thieves. Uh, the devil is a lie. They stole people of color and they used them as slaves. I want you to hear this and hear me good. There are accounts as early as the 1400s of European slave trade. Many historians report in 1441 that Portuguese captains captured 12 Africans in Cabo Branco and took them to Portugal as slaves. And hear this, I want you to know that these captains did not bargain with these Africans, but they belittled them and they branded them and they beat them into slavery. It was because we were stolen. Africans were seen as vulnerable, but slave traders therefore enslaved us with violence. It was, our history was stolen. I need y'all to understand this and I want you to understand this good, I believe. We have um, a, a graphic on the screen. People of color were stolen by the Portuguese in 1441. People of color were stolen by the Spaniards in 1476. People of color were stolen by the British in 1527. Some estimate that 12.5 million Africans were stolen as slaves. And, and I want y'all to know if somebody's taking notes, that's a modest account. You got to put that in the comment box. That's a modest account. 
This means our history includes entire African families that were stolen. Entire African tribes that were were stolen. And watch this, even an entire African nation uh, that was stolen. Though difficult to fathom, the history of people of color has been continual deprivation. We were stolen. We, y'all, y'all know, I, I'm, listen, I'm not trying to be political this morning. I want to make sure that I'm biblical and I stay true to, to the text. But y'all know when Malcolm X says we didn't land on Plymouth Rock, but Plymouth Rock landed on us because we were stolen. Our history was stolen. So I, I need y'all to understand this thing about racism and racial injustice, that our history with it was strategic. It was on purpose. And the other thing I need you to understand is that, that we were stolen as a people. We didn't just come here, but we were brought here. And we were brought here, watch this, by violence. Here's the third thing I need you to know, and I'm going to be real quick and be out your way. Our history was stripped. The true fabric, fabric of a people is manifested in every interwoven thread. Hear that. Hear this. The true fabric, fabric of a people is manifested in every interwoven thread. Yet the reason why the identity of people of color may seem disjointed, may seem disconnected, and may even seem in disarray is because throughout history, their fabric, hear this, was was forcefully taken due to racism and racial injustice. Every thread of our identity was peeled back. The, The very thing, watch this, in our text, The the, the text says that this man was stripped of his clothing, the very thing that identified him, the very thing that gave him a sense of dignity. Think about your clothes being stripped, and the very thing that carried value was stripped from him. And if we can be honest, the history of people of, of color involved them being stripped of their heritage. We don't even know our heritage because it was stripped from us. It, it involved us being stripped of our humanity. And it even involved us being, watch this, stripped of our hope. Because when they lost their land, they lost their heritage. When they lost their freedom, they lost their humanity. When they lost their families, they lost their hope. People of color are easily devalued today because we were easily devalued then. I'm just trying to give us some understanding. If we're ever going to come to this place of racial unity, we got to know where we came from. And hear this. It's easy to be deemed as thugs. It's easy to be deemed as scum. It's even easy to be deemed as the N-word when you are devalued. This is why it's hard for many of people of color to find value in themselves because there's been a history of others stripping that value from us. The reason why we can't even, some folk of color can't find value in themselves because our history involves us of always being stripped of our value. And hear this, segregation magnifies our history of being stripped. We can't eat this. We can't drink this. We can't even sit there and hear this, although Jim Crow laws no longer exist, if we can be honest, people of color are still denied some seats at some tables. We've been stripped, y'all. And the reason why we're easily denied is because we have been devalued. And when you can devalue somebody, you can justify their denial. And I want you to understand this. It's, easy. it's one thing to be stripped of your dignity 
but it's a whole other thing to be stripped of your divine identity. Stay with me. I, I, I believe that people of color have even been stripped of this very thing that we've been made in the imagio day, the image of God. How do I know that? The three-fifths compromise compromise our Christ-like image, where people of color were considered three-fifths of a person. This is why our demands, even for justice of God, has been denied by some today in the body of Christ, because we've been stripped of our divine identity. So the justice, hear this, I was just having this conversation with somebody, the justice that's offered to the unborn in the womb is not offered to people of color. The, the, the justice that's offered to persecuted Christians in other countries is not offered to uh, people of color in this country. And the promise of justice offered to all God's children, but people of color, we've been denied. Because the sad commentary is that the history of people of color is that we've been consistently and continually and currently stripped. Here's what I want you to know. Our history was strategic. I don't want you to feel bad. I just need you to know our history. I, I need you to know that we were stolen. We didn't come here. We were brought here. And I need you to know that our history also involves us being stripped. Our value was stripped. Our identity was stripped. Our dignity was stripped. We were stripped. And that was our history. But here's what I want you to know as well. The magnitude of one's suffering will help you determine the method of one's healing. The magnitude of one's suffering will always help us determine the method of one's healing. Here's the other thing I need you to know. Our history was severe. Our text says that this man was left half dead. And Jesus said that the Samaritan went to great lengths to help heal him because the magnitude of his suffering was great. And it's safe to say that as this man's history with pain was severe, so was the history of people of color was severe. If we can be honest, there are some throughout the history of people of color did not simply want to demean us, but they wanted to destroy us. I know y'all don't like that. I know we don't want to hear that. But it, it, it was more than just demeaning people of color. There were some throughout our history that wanted to destroy us. 150 black men were massacred in Rosewood, Florida in 1923. 200 blacks, to include children, were massacred in Elaine, Arkansas in 1919. Over 300 blacks were massacred in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1921. And watch this. Those are the bodies that they could identify. We were massacred because the history of people of color was not simply exploitation, but it included our eradication. Mass incarceration is intended to eradicate us. The prevalence of abortion clinics in low-income neighborhoods are intended to eradicate us. And watch this, even the very nature of the business makeup of predominantly black neighborhoods are intended to eradicate us. Why do you think we got more liquor stores than the white neighborhoods? Why do you think there are more payday loan stores rather than in the white neighborhoods? Because they're intended to eradicate us. We don't like this, but our history was severe. Because watch this, when it became less conscionable to, for them to kill us, they made it more conducive for us to kill ourselves. 
when it was less conscionable for them to, to kill us in broad daylight, they made it more conducive for us to kill ourselves. Our history has been severe. People may be looting now, and I get that, and, I, and Pastor Keith is not, not saying that he agrees with looting, but it pales in comparison to the fact that we were lynched. Then, and by many accounts, we're being lynched now. I do not deny our progress as a people, but just as this man's condition was so severe, we must acknowledge so was the history for people of color. It was severe. And it's a miracle, watch this, that our people survived because by all accounts, our oppressors left us half dead. It's a very miracle that he kept us. Because by all accounts, they left us half dead. Even when we were brought into this country, many died on this thing, on ships just coming to this country. And then when we got here, they continued to tell us they left us half dead because our history was severe. And here's what I want you to know. Truth hurts, but truth is also necessary for healing. Some people may not like this. Some people probably think that, that Pastor Keith is just pushing propaganda. But if we as a body of Christ never accept and acknowledge the strategic nature of our history, the stolen nature of our history, that our history was stripped from us. This is why they don't have this kind of history class in school today, because our history was stripped. If we never acknowledge and accept that our history was severe. I know you live in good now. I know you live in a gated neighborhood now. I know you feel like you done climbed the corporate ladder even as a person of color. But if you never yourself acknowledge that your history involved a severe nature, we'll never be healed of the ills of today. We'll never be able to provide biblical solutions for racism and racial injustice that we face because it was severe. There is a history behind our hurt. And many of us, even as people of color, don't understand the history behind our hurt. And herein lies the problem or, or the inability of the body of Christ to promote healing in the area of racism and racial injustice, because we've long attempted to deny this history. We don't want to talk about it because it was so long ago. Uh, we, 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 matter of fact, we don't have anybody living that can give us an accurate account of that history. Uh, throughout this, the body of Christ has even tried to distort the history of people of color. Oh, no, we were just friends. Uh, the Europeans and we all just got along. We, we made this country who we are. There was no, they could have left slavery if they wanted to. You got fools that said that, 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 that we, we had a choice into slavery. You got some colored folk that say that, y'all. And, and, and men, throughout our history, the body of Christ has even deprived access to the history of people of color. We don't even find books no more of the history of people of color. And you wonder why the body of Christ cannot promote healing as it pertains to racism and racial injustice. Yet John 8.32 reminds us that it is the truth that will make us free. If I never know the truth in the fact that I hurt my wife, I'll never find, we'll never be able to find a level of liberty in that area. 
I know some, some deep, some theological person say, no, Pastor Keith, that's talking about the truth of the word. Yeah, it's talking about the truth of the word, but I also got to know the truth of your hurt. I will never find liberty in that area. Therefore, our liberty from racial disunity begins when we can seek and learn the truth of the history of racism and racial injustices. Listen, when I was doing this sermon, y'all, I began to weep. I got so silent and I was shaking my head and my wife asked me, what's wrong with you? I said, I was just looking at our history. And as a body, my prayer is, is that we seek truth. Stop trying to cover up our history. Stop trying to deny our history. And listen, I'm so grateful for the song that was declared in the sanctuary this morning. We need you to survive. There's some people that don't look like me. There's some people in the body of Christ that doesn't look like the majority of our church. And hear this, we need you to survive. But the only way we're going to survive what I call a a, a pandemic in itself, it's a social pandemic, y'all. Racism and racial injustice has reared its ugly head in our country, and some folk are still turning a blind eye to it. And watch this. I expect them to turn a blind eye, but I don't expect my brothers and sisters in Christ to turn a blind eye. We've got to stop denying it. We've got to stop distorting it. And we've got to stop denying our access to our history because hear this. We may not like it. I know you didn't do it, but watch this. Our history was strategic. The the reason why there's stuff called gerrymandering and redlining and, 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 and even gentrification is because our history was strategic. And even that, we've got to know that our history was stolen. That, 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 that we were taken from a land and watch this, we lost our heritage. That's why black folk don't know who they are today. We lost our humanity and we lost our hope. And we've been stripped, y'all. We've been stripped of our values. We've been stripped of our divine nature. And hear this, we've got to know that our history has been severe. We've been left halfway. But I'm so glad we've got a God who didn't leave us where he found us. But I'm just asking the body of Christ, will you help us because we need you to survive. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We honor you. God, we declare, God, that your word declares That is the truth that will make us free. God, many people of color are guilty themselves for not understanding or knowing their own history. I pray, God, today was a history lesson, although brief, even for people of color. I pray, God, that this was a history lesson, God. God, not for the people of color alone, God, but for the entire body of Christ. God, help us to come to the terms, God, even if we had no part in it, God, if we never know the the magnitude of our hurt, we'll never know the method for our healing. God, somebody didn't do it, God, but they need to know, God, that our history was strategic. There's policies, God, that have been set up to hinder the body of Christ, especially people of color. Help us to know that. Help us to know, God, that we were stolen. We didn't come here on our own accord, but we were brought here by violence. 
God, help us to know, God, that we were stripped. But God, in you, we can get all that was stripped away. But God, we need to know it. And we need to know, God, that our history was severe. We love you and we adore you, God. You can make all things new. Help us, God, as a body of Christ to unify around this issue that we can bring healing in the land. We love you and adore you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And every believer said, thank God and amen. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.